Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host today. I'm joined by the world, uh, Cream Anderson, and I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Bacchus. And we have a special guest today. We yeah, have. We've... Yeah, go ahead. You and oh Sam. me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Richard yeah. Hay. Yeah, Richard Hay. One How normal. Yeah, you are formerly, or I mean, are you currently Windows Observer still, or is that like... Oh, yeah, no, WindowsObserver.com is still there, WinOBS on Twitter is still there, all that has remained the same. Yeah, my, my, my personal identity is still out there, yeah. Okay, cool, and for anybody who is new to the our podcast, uh, we had Richard on last year uh, as a Microsoft uh, MVP, basically. He yep. was a partner with uh, Microsoft officially, and uh, he kind of walked us through the whole program itself, uh, and it was very informative, so we suggest you go and check that podcast out, because we're going to be kind of leapfrogging from there to our new perspective, which is Richard as an official employee of Microsoft. That's why we're having him back. Uh, I mean, we wanted to have him back throughout the year, but things just kind of didn't work out, but... <laughs> We are having him back to kind of, you know, say hello, reacquaint us with uh, what he's been doing lately, and uh, just kind of, kind of pick his brain for what we can legally about the Microsoft process. Yeah, we'll just run through a couple of questions with Richard today about his experience as jumping from Microsoft MVP to actual Microsoft employee. Uh, his he he's going to be free to talk about his new role and his work that he does at Microsoft. Uh, one thing about stuff that he likes doing in Microsoft. Uh, he'll also be able to talk about free swag and the stuff that he gets as a Microsoft employee and some of the stuff that other that relates to his job. So I'll let you get started, Kareem, with your first question for Richard. First question, when is Windows Phone coming back? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. oh, right. uh, sure, you know, that's uh, the first thing I'm going to do in my first official appearance as a Microsoft employee. <laughs> uh, no, uh, honestly, though, we were going to ask, uh, now that you've already been a Microsoft MVP, uh, but how did you get noticed uh, about from Microsoft? Because we know that the MVP program is yep. referral, essentially. So was this a, a similar situation? I, I'll say yes and no. Uh, I was a Microsoft MVP for 12 years. Uh, so since 2010 uh, was when I first was awarded, 20, 2009, um, it, it, it wasn't Microsoft that came to me. I, I will say, well, <laughs> technically, a good friend of mine who I've known for years through social media, a fellow MVP, uh, Harjit Diwali, had joined Microsoft earlier last year. And um, in the middle of August, I get this direct message from him on Twitter and he says, man, you ought to apply for this part, this role. And he sends me a link to the job description for the job I'm in. I'm like, I don't know, man. They want three years as a community manager. I've never done community management. You know, I, yeah, I know community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things you often see people say when it comes to applying for a position, don't let the qualifications keep you from applying, right? They, they can't say no if you don't apply. Right. The answer is definitely a no. Um, so on his behest in mid mid August, a couple of days later, I submitted my application for this position. Oh, so wow, so nice. the one the connection in the MVP program was what got the prompt to me uh, to to apply for this specific position. And for anybody else who's out there listening, he also put in twelve years, folks. So. Don't go running out right now applying <laughs> and saying, oh, Richard did it. Why can't I do it in three months? So, hey, you uh, never just, know, though. You never know. True. But, but true. I'm just but I, good I'm point. Just saying, yeah. yeah. I don't want you to get some nasty Twitter responses. I, I want people <laughs> to know that 
you've uh, you've been working hard uh, with them alongside them, and this is uh, just I think an official recognition of. I, I would say it most definitely impacted my selection because of that experience. Because again, in twelve years, you learn a lot about the company. You learn a lot of connections throughout the company, not just within the MVP program. So that's Correct. probably what was beneficial as well was a good mark. I still have to go through interview process and all that. And we could talk about that. But but yeah, it, it's not an automatic just because you got MVP on your resume that you're going to get hired per se. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll let uh, air fast the next question. All right. So, second question is you are a community manager for Microsoft Q&A, but what is Microsoft Q&A and what does your role entail? Obviously you're not in you're not like Panos Panay, you're not in charge of hardware or software, but my but Q&A seems very important. So what exactly do you do in your role at Microsoft? Yeah, uh, Panos is in a whole nother organization, so we're not even in the same organization. Um, yeah, Microsoft Q&A, fairly young platform, couple years old since it launched. And uh, it, is, it is a place where customers can come and ask technical issue questions. So if they're having a problem with any product or service that we cover on Q&A, and we cover 16 product categories, uh, product groups on Q&A itself, and everything's divvied up by tags, right? Each yep. service or product has a tag. So people can come there and say, hey, I'm having a problem with X, Y, Z. How do I resolve this? They provide details about what's going on and what the challenges are. And then we have members of Q&A that are just members that browse Q&A. We have identified MVPs that are on Q&A answering and helping with questions. And we have what we call um, Azure runs a program called Community Champions. Azure was our first product group that really started. They were kind of the 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 first group to get involved in Q&A. And so they, they've set the standards that we're, in fact, we're gonna use a lot of what they're doing to expand the program. But so people come there, ask a question, and the goal is to avoid them having to call a support call, which costs the company money when they have to call for support. So our goal is to deflect those calls, those support requests. And not only do we have all those volunteers I mentioned, but there are Microsoft engineers in there answering questions. There are Microsoft, product group people that are program managers or others that are in there helping out as well. So it's a, it, it, I would, it, it it's like MSDN TechNet forums, Yeah. but we don't, it's not a forum per se. It's a place to come ask a question, get an answer. Comments are possible, but the comments are intended to kind of clarify the issue and the question to resolve to an answer. Yeah, so is it mainly awesome. a consumer uh, in IT oh, no. admin thing, or Not is it all, all, this is all consumer? on a professional developer, IT right. pro, yeah. that enterprise type folks. If somebody comes into the Windows 11 tag and asks a question and they have to be a <laughs> consumer, we're not going to check their consumer card, right? Oh, we're not going to say, wait a minute, are you a consumer asking this? No, we're going to try to help them out if we can. Mm -hmm. uh, we have other platforms that do help with the, with the consumer aspect. For instance, Answers. Answers is a yeah. huge forum that's built for consumers to come in. But that doesn't mean that IT pros and devs don't go into Answers to ask questions, too. So we're part of a bigger kind of conglomeration of resources to help people get answers to their challenges. That's awesome. Uh, I was going to ask. And my role, right? My role is to, I, I, I work with the community members, and I work with our internal partners, our internal product teams to kind of bring everybody together into Q&A uh, to kind of build that synergy yeah. to help people. So, so a lot of Teams meetings? 
Oh, yeah. Teams is the way to <laughs> me, right? My team, one unique thing about Microsoft Q&A is the team is 100% remote, has been from day one. So, you know, it, we all of our we're, we're pretty we got folks up in the northwest. We got some folks in California, Texas. I'm in Florida. We've got somebody up the east coast. So we got a, a pretty good spread. Oh, that's good. It's great to hear. Yeah, I know because uh, you're about what three hours from me, and I'm trying to think of the closest Microsoft office to you. And I don't know if uh, we have a sales office here in Jacksonville, and there's some okay. sales and other offices in Tampa. Uh, the big southeast campus is up in Atlanta. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask uh, my question, which is, how was the transition from MVP to Microsoft Employee? Because I know that there are entirely different things, and there are certain things that you can do and know and say and kind of interact with as an MVP. And that kind of gets flipped if you become like a contractor or, you know, some other inner interaction with Microsoft that's in a more uh, employee sort of way. So I don't know if you had to like, you know, they were like, all right, you can't do these things anymore or you can do these things, but only with limited capacity. Right. You know, I, I go back to what I said before. The one value the MVP program brought me as I joined Microsoft as an employee is the connections I built, the relationships I built, because those don't go away. So if I knew somebody in a product group or on a team and I happen to be needing to talk to somebody on that team, I'm going to reach out to them. Might not be them who I eventually end up talking to, but they are my resource to find that person. And one of the really awesome things I've noticed about Microsoft since I joined is it's really a cross organization communication scheme. There aren't, I don't see any silos in my experience, right? We talk across teams, we partner with other teams. Uh, and, and so it's a, it's a communications that just goes across the board that just, it, I think that was probably my biggest surprise coming in. Because when you're an MVP, you kind of communicate through the MVP channels, right. the MVP team, and that's kind of it. Uh, you guys know the interactions on social media, right? So we, if you're a Windows Insider, you're communicating with members of the Insider team, but it's about the Insider stuff, right? So coming inside the company, uh, those, those relationships have really proven fruitful for me to be able to reach out. And if I wanted to talk about um, accessibility, Donna Sakar now runs that team on accessibility. If I wanted to talk about teams, Stephen Rose run, it works on the Teams team. So I got folks a little bit of everywhere that I've been able to reach out and, and use as resources. So that's probably the biggest plus in the transition. And, and I got to tell you, it's just weird suddenly being on the inside after being on the outside looking in all these years. Um, so the familiarity aspect was there because, again, I've been interacting with Microsoft for more than 25 years, 12 as an MVP. But, you know, to come inside the company and suddenly be a Teams chat away from somebody, you know, that you've been watching from the outside forever is kind of weird. It's really strange. It's you get used to it slowly adapting things like that but it, it's uh it, the reception has been tremendous you guys you guys probably saw the reaction on twitter when i announced back in october that i was joining um <clears throat> it was extremely positive a lot of uh, support for that and then once i got inside i had folks lined up on teams with one-liners just saying welcome we're glad to have you <laughs> that kind of stuff so it really is a, a, a welcoming experience awesome and that brings us to our fourth question, which is, what is one unknown thing about being a Microsoft employee that you could speak to? Hmm. Well, I, I will tell you this, you know, um, I have no idea what the Windows team is doing. 
I work for Microsoft, <laughs> but I have no idea what the Windows team is doing. Uh, you know, so I, I do self-host. So we have the ability as employees to self-host internal builds. And I do that on my Surface Book 3 as a test device, right? And I've got all my work stuff on there. I can do email. I can do Teams. So I can sit on that device and put it through its paces through new builds. Um, but I have no idea what's new in that build. When they mm -hmm. announce an insider build to the external, there's a nice blog post that goes along. And that's fine. Our intent is to just continue to use the OS and, and experience it. So, yeah, that's. You know, there are not these really cool little repositories where you can go suddenly look at what at, you know, one team's doing or another team is doing. And, and that was kind of weird. I was like, well, I should be able to find out what's going on, you know, but not so much. And and I don't think that's intended as a detriment. I just think with the size of a company like Microsoft, if folks are on doing their thing and they're just, you know, day in, day out doing what they do. And it's just part of the, the existence. You know, people don't know what we do on Microsoft Q&A every day. And how right, yeah. we're working on what we're dealing with. So it, I wouldn't call those silos, though. It's just the way the kind of things are divvied up and where you pay attention. Yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they're just like any other multi-billion-dollar company. They are businesses within businesses. Yep. And doesn't mean that they are, as you said, siloed. They're just focused on something else. So if you're in Azure and you're stuck doing, you know, server and you're talking to the engineers for chips and, and APIs and things like that, you're not necessarily looking over at Q&A to be like, all right, what questions are we getting today? More, you know, yep. and maybe there is, maybe there's a communications person that you know, is, is, is the bridge, but you, know, you don't know who that person is. That's just someone who has an assignment to you know, keep traffic going where they need to go. Exactly, and you can reach out to people and talk to them. And, and again, I think that's probably an external perception that people have that every Microsoft employee knows about everything happening within Microsoft. <laughs> and I said, I guess that's the myth I'll bust. Yep. So, so you're, they're, they're not, they're not an SMB. They're not the small business that we think they are. What's that? They're not the small business we think they are. Oh, no, no. I mean, like you said, business <laughs> within business, but it, it's true though. I mean, I, I will share stuff on Twitter and now because employee, you know, Microsoft employees in my Twitter bio, people will ask you a question about something 180 degrees out. And so it's just, you have to explain, you know, that's not on my team. I don't know, or, or something like that. You, I, one, you don't ever speak for another product team, you know, if you're not on the team. But, but I think that's probably the biggest misperception is that people think you're an employee. So you must know, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, okay, well, here's a fun one. Uh, we saw you got a new backpack. We were also learning, <laughs> did they do anything else? I know that, you know, when we go to like uh, conferences and things like that, they'd love to give out stuff like socks and stickers and patches and things like that. Do you get anything like that as an employee? Like um, the first well, day or first you month? saw my new employee backpack, right? They send all new employees, but they asked us shortly after we joined to send an email and you know, they, they shipped it to us. Um, my, my own organization team, I'm my organization is called content and learning um, under. So cloud AI, Scott Guthrie, and then you come down the chain, a few people, managers and CVPs, and then you hit land my manager and our team and content and learning is kind of our leader on the scene on that leadership team. And I got an, I got a really cool beanie, you know, and a couple other little uh, pieces of stuff. But it's it's not this swag fest that everybody <laughs> it is when you join Microsoft. Uh, and oh, by the way, I've had to buy my own Microsoft logo polos. In fact, oh, okay. I'm today from the company store. And, you know, so, so yes, it's not an automatic that like it, like it, it, it or uh, I'm sorry, Ignite 
right? Where you walk around the show floor and you, you scoop up a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, I don't know, maybe if you're on campus and you, you might be able to move around building to building and put your hands on a few bits and bobs, but, <laughs> but yeah, for the, for the, now they did take good care of me from the perspective of work equipment. Um, you know, as I got, as I started to get ready to come on board, they shipped me a laptop, a dock, a 27 inch monitor, um, a mouse keyboard, a headset, you know, so they sent me all the tools I would need to be productive from remote. Um, and, uh, and so no complaints there. I mean, great device and, and doing all that. So they do make sure you've got the equipment you need to do your job to communicate because of course, teams is the, the medium. Teams is everything uh, for the for us, whether it be one-on-one, -on -one, kind of an async conversation with somebody who's on another side of the world, or your teammate who's three hours behind you, or they're in Europe. So, I mean, you work with people everywhere in Eastern Asia. We got, I, I mean, we just have people, it is truly a global company in that sense. So you might end up communicating with somebody in India and in Shanghai and Japan all in the same day. Just and again, you get used to the idea where you drop a message in Teams, and you just don't say, "Hey," you say, "Hey, this is Rich. I got a question for you. Here's my question." That way, in the time difference, they can answer the question you ask. You're not waiting for them to come back and just say, "Hey," you know. Now you're 24 hours later. Still <laughs> so you, it, you learn how to communicate on a global perspective for sure. I had to learn that uh, when I worked at Disney. I worked in their legal department, but I had an office in Glendale. So when I would come in. In the morning, uh, like eight o'clock, I am answering uh, questions the from East our Coast London has office. Been away for three hours, right? Yeah, and then I would be leaving questions as I left for our Japan office. So you know, it was constant. Yeah. Like you jump in, you try check communication around the world. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And that brings us to our next question, which is, what is it like being a Microsoft fan and a Microsoft employee at the same time? You know, for some Microsoft fans out there, it would be a dream to work for Microsoft. So is it a dream for you to oh, be working absolutely. at Microsoft? Absolutely. I, you know, one, I wasn't, I wasn't in the market. You know, I was quite happy with what I was doing. And when this opportunity popped up, I didn't think much about it when I initially applied. And I was like, well, who knows, you know. Um, I did. I did take advantage of the thing, the relationships I've made within Microsoft, and I asked a handful of people to send emails to the hiring manager for the position uh, on my behalf because we'd worked together. We've had relationships for multiple years, uh, and they did that. And uh, you know, my hiring manager later told me that he, you know it's not uncommon for somebody to be recommended to a position. So we had the ability in the Microsoft Careers website when we log in as an employee to directly refer somebody to a position. So you send their you send their resume, you send their name, you send their info, and then they get queued up and they get a special mark in the system that says they were recommended. It, it's no more than that. It's just a referral for the most part. Um, and so all these hiring, these emails uh, came from these folks and that helped break the ice for me to at least get a phone interview. And then at the phone interview with the, I, you know, that allowed me to make the cut to make a interview loop, what Microsoft calls the interview loop. Now, I didn't have a technical interview because I'm, I'm not fulfilling a dev role or a tech role, engineering role, although I'm in engineering. Um, and so I had four one hour interviews with different program managers uh, or managers uh, in the organization. So in the course of one day, I started at like, I think my first one was at like 11 a.m. and I had a gap. And then from 12 to 1, 1 to 2, and then 6 to 7 uh, was my day of my interviews. Um, wow. And, 
again, if you're doing technical interviews, as I understand it, you get another bout of those things when you go technical. Um, but yeah, they, uh, so, so, you know, again, that's where the MVP program, you know, I wasn't an MVP because of that, but that relationships and those relationships gave me the opportunity to kind of get some extra nods in with the hiring manager. Well, that's going to lead me to my next question. Uh, and again, I'll refer to my, my work at Disney because I feel like it's a hierarchical in that sort of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I worked there, I always, you know, had ideas that I'd reach out (laughs) to Bob Iger at the time. Uh, we were going to ask you, do you ever feel like you would like to reach out to Satya Panos or, or you know, Scott? I mean, because I know he's sort of actually within your. Well, well, uh, Scott Guthrie is our executive VP right. in our right. organization. Yeah. But I don't know how communications work with that. Like, you know, and usually they'll have like people that you go through filtered before you get to the communications with them directly. So we were wondering. Um, are you close to doing that? Uh, could you, or do you want to do that? Uh, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm sure. I'm sure all the senior level executives have somebody who manages their inbox. This is not untypical of any right, exactly. large organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even when I was in the Navy, you know, my my commanding officer had somebody that kind of monitored email for them to a certain extent. Um, we do have lots of opportunity to react to interact with our leadership. So from from my my first level manager, so my manager, my skip manager, who is his manager, you know, our leader above him, all going on up to our corporate VP, on up to our executive VP, and then of course Satya is at the top. Um, I we have lots of opportunity to hear from them, uh, town halls and other kind of sessions that we get to hear about what's going on in the company uh, from their viewpoint. Um, you know, our our. Um, so our the person in our organization who's below our corporate VP has what is called a listening tour. And so they just connect with employees, including new employees, and connect and talk about the organization and what's and listens to feedback. And so it's an organization that's built for internal feedback. Uh, that has really impressed me as well. So, you know, and it's all managed at the right level. Would I email Satya directly to ask a question or something? No, of course not. I mean, I'm an old <laughs> military guy. I 30 years in the Navy, I still had to get used to this idea about chain of command, mm-hmm. right? I still approach things with that mindset, although it's not the way Microsoft approaches things. But if you, if I look at Satya like the commanding admiral of the fleet, he is not my first point of com- communications. You know, my leader mm-hmm. is, and it kind of exactly. works up that way. So, so could I, they're in the global, I could probably email them directly, you know, I probably could, would I? Probably not. And speaking about emails, you just mentioned that Microsoft sent you equipment for your work, like uh, monitors and also headsets and even keyboards and mice. So what is it like working remotely at a company like Microsoft during a pandemic? And would you ever be able to go into a physical Microsoft office? I, I think I could. I could. We have a local sales office here in Jacksonville. And like I said, there's offices in Tampa and there's a big campus up in Atlanta. So I have. And, and of course, you know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to travel back to Redmond right. um, as an employee. One, I've been on campus many times as an MVP, but I'm really looking forward to being able to visit campus as a um, as an employee. Uh, our organization, DevRel, has an annual conference called Camp Conference. It's an internal conference where we get to hear from our, our 
people on the team and, and coworkers about what they're working on. It's got a career track, a professional track, a technical track. It's got kind of a relax and take it easy track. So it's a lot of great content and information to just kind of detach. And we have a, a hackathon, fix, hack and learn hackathon. Yep. And so it's four days to be able to just kind of disconnect from the normal routine and kind of recharge and do that stuff. And it's great. It was a great conference. It was my first, but it was the second one they'd done remote and virtual. Normally, it would be something that folks would go to Redmond and participate in in person. So I'm hoping that happens next year. Um, so, yeah, there is a procedure because of COVID. There are procedures in place and we have an app on our that we can download from our phones called MyHub that allows us to interact with different aspects. We can see our pay. We can see our leave. We can see our, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we can there's actually a process to go on to go physically to an office. So you got to, and it's a COVID app. You got to answer certain questions about your health, things like that. So yeah, there is a method in place. Working remotely, I guys, you know this. The, the software <laughs> yeah. is built for it. Yep. I mean, I came from a company who had started using Office 365 about three years ago. Previously, we we're using Slack, Google, and other tools like that. So I was working remote ever even before the pandemic and like i said even before the pandemic my team that i'm on now was fully remote and there's no plan for that to change so i i think it's really proven so the remote tools are there right teams it, granted you, you miss out on some of the hallway interactions and and stop by somebody's office for a quick chat but i do that on teams which is okay i have a lot of one-on-one -on -one syncs with my team members to kind of connect i meet with my manager once a week for a half an hour just to catch up and see what's going on. I meet with the primary program manager once a week so we can share notes and make sure we're tracking in the same direction. And any other member of my team that I want to be able to sync with, all I got to do is reach out and schedule it. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity for interaction uh, on a daily basis. And, and I don't think while remote makes it different, I don't think it impacts. I, I love the people touch, right? You love the idea of being able to just walk down the hall. And again, especially as a Microsoft fan, who's suddenly a Microsoft employee. I love having hung out in some of those buildings and walk by offices and go, oh man, that's cool. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You see a whiteboard out in the lobby area where they've been brainstorming some idea with their product or service. I, I'd love the idea of being able to do that. But if my job is remote, it's remote. I mean, the reality is the pandemic, and Microsoft is already on a track for this, I think, building the tools that help with being remote. Uh, and so Teams, like we're on right now, is a bailiwick. That is kind of the core communications platform. I probably do more on Teams than I do in email, by far. <laughs> I could see that. All right, I yep. could see that too, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to get on campus, no doubt about that, and I, I, I'm sure I'll get a chance, but it, working remote's not a bad thing. I like the commute. That's great. <laughs> uh, last question then, uh, you know, kind of dovetailing into this. What kind of tech do were you, you know, specifically given to work with? Were you were you uh, greeted with any service devices, any of the Microsoft modern tool like the headphones or anything like that, mouses, mouse pads, stuff like that? Yeah, no, uh, my keyboard and mouse was a Microsoft. Uh, I think it was called the Microsoft Curve. Uh, you know, they, the ergonomic the sculpt, yeah, the, the, sculpt, ergonomic. the sculpt, sculpt keyboard yeah. and mouse, right? That's what they sent me for that. Um, they sent me a uh, ThinkPad X1. Gen Ooh, 6 nice. laptop, nice. 32 gig of RAM, one terabyte hard drive. So a really nice spec laptop that I don't open at all. It's in a dock. So I have it on the desk, but it's connected to a, a uh, ThinkPad dock. So I have all of my peripherals wired in there. 
I did. I did have a 27 inch monitor myself. That was a spare. So I, I'm working in dual monitor setup. They did send me one ThinkPad uh, monitor to go with the setup, but I did set up a dual because I prefer the dual screen kind of life or widescreen. Um, and uh, so it, you know, it, it was a great set of kit. It really was, you know, very functional, very capable. Uh, I, I'm making a personal trip next month. So, and I'm going to work a couple of days on that trip. So I'm taking it with me. So you, you grab the laptop, you go. They, I didn't get, they sent us a uh, Jabra headset. So uh, okay. nice. office style as opposed to, I mean, I have my, I have my surface headphones here that are still in the box that my spare pair <laughs> that I bought when they were on sale on eBay. And I still have, I still have, you know, my day-to-day -day set. So, you know, that's awesome. And it's, it's great, but they certainly give you the resources you need to do the job. No doubt. I mean, it'd be astonishing if they were like, here, here's a Chromebook and we'll see you at the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, I guess in my brain, I was kind of thinking surface, but they have a broad list of stuff. And, and again, our business manager, so that the person who runs the business office for our organization took care of all this. Once I once I um, got my confirmed join date, that kind of started the ball rolling with that kind of. And we can. I know you're on your last question, but we can talk a little bit about how that kind of time went yeah, from of application. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, they were the ones that reached out and said, "All right, now we can start doing all these things." Because so we'll start. So back in mid August, applied for the job. Uh, that within a couple of weeks, I think I had the phone interview, and then I was set up for the loop which I, I described four different one hour interviews. Um, so you go through the loop and then you wait, right? You're waiting for the hiring manager to come back to you and say, we're gonna offer you the job or not. And, and at the time, the hiring manager who interviewed me third on that day, uh, just said to me, look, I'm about to go on vacation. I'm gonna be gone about 10 days. So don't sweat that you're not hearing anything for a bit, right? Which was great. Uh, and so I kind of chilled and waited uh, he reached out to me on what was actually my birthday back in September and said, we're going to offer you the job. So I got the official offer the following. That was a Thursday. Got the official offer the following Monday uh, through the careers website. The recruiter called me. We started talking and doing all the negotiation part, right, for compensation and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then once we had that settled, you electronically sign your offer letter right through the Microsoft careers website. Everything happens through the careers website. Once you sign your offer, the next step is a background screen. Because I'm working with customer data, uh, right. I have to have a, a specific background cloud screen. They call it cloud background screening. And so that takes, they estimate about 10 days, uh, working days. So that's two weeks. Um, and you got to go to another website. A, a third party handles that for Microsoft. You go and you put in all your info. You provide them all your details of your history, your work history, et cetera, et cetera. And then they do the screen. Um, mine got done in, on day 10. So that's when I got a little notice that said, you're done, you're cleared. And Microsoft HR then reached out to me and said, okay, Rich, we got your cloud screen, you're good to go, pick a day to start work. And so then I had to figure out when was I gonna tell my old job and you know I was gonna take a couple weeks off and then join the new job. So sorted that out, picked October 25th as my start date, uh, which oh, by the way, was the 20th anniversary of Windows XP. Ah, you know, perfect uh, date to start. Um, yep. So the, my join date was the 20th anniversary of Windows XP. And and so in that interim period of a few weeks that we were kind of waiting for that day to roll around, I think that was on the 9th of October, we finalized that. And I told my old job. And that's when I went public with the news. 
and uh, and they can go to windowsobserver.com and I've got like five blog I posts that, that yeah. kind of yeah. chronicle the the process. And I've had a couple of people reach out and, because I was searching for those kind of things. I was like, what's it like to go on board with my, you know, I was trying to find detail. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was really great. They take care of you. The business manager's in touch with you. They're arranging things. Things start to arrive via UPS or FedEx. I think they use FedEx and you just get your gear. And then day one, you kind of show up for work. And because I was three hours ahead of my team, you know, I, I didn't get, I got my credentials later that day. Um, and then, you know, a few weeks later, they send you your card, your badge, right? Which we don't use right now anyway, because we're not in buildings, but they, they get you rolling and then you start what they call new employee orientation. So like anywhere new, you got to learn the ropes and learn the insides and outsides. And that, so that first two, three, four weeks was really focused on doing the initial training that you had to do, get familiar with my team, meet the individuals, meet with them one-on-one and talk to them and just slowly, but surely kind of crank up. Uh, and I'm still not fully 100% rolled up. I mean, I've been on board now. Let's see, what's today? Today's the 18th. So in a week, it'll be four months that I've been on board. So yeah, I'm still learning. There's a lot to learn about an organization like this. So, but it's been a blast. I I, I can't complain. And, and if you'd have asked me last July, hey, Rich, do you think you might be with Microsoft in a few months? <laughs> no way. Come on. And so it, in that sense, it was a real good, it was a great surprise to be offered the position. And, and I've learned from joining that Microsoft, you know, they approach things with an inclusive attitude that I just never seen match. Maybe, maybe when I was in the Navy, you know, we had that kind of level of stuff. And so every bit of what I've done as an MVP, my experience in the Navy, my experience, even at Best Buy selling computers, right. And being the Microsoft consultant there. Uh, has given me some the skill sets around technology that that are helping me now. So I definitely recommend anybody who's interested in joining Microsoft. First off, don't always let the requirements throw you off. Right? If you don't meet 100% of them, still apply. Still throw your resume in the basket and see what happens. Um, the uh, the Microsoft Careers website is terrific. You can go in there and find there's all kinds of ways to look for different positions. And Microsoft has been looking more and more remote these days, especially around the pandemic. So that's expanded the talent pool. So Microsoft has come to realize that there's plenty of talent in other places if we're willing to be remote with it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting when everybody's getting back on campus. I, you, I know you guys saw the news that Microsoft announced 28 February that campus will reopen and employees have got to work with their managers to figure out their working situation. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that hybridness works because right now most everybody's remote. I'm again, my team, 100% remote. We're always going to be remote, but we do interact with others who are in the buildings and stuff like that. So, um, but keep applying, apply for the positions. You know, I wasn't a community manager for three years, but I had community experience. So applying for that position, you know, you just do it. You just got to, and just take the opportunity. Because you got to get the foot in the door, right? Once right. the foot in the door, then you get to sit in front of that individual or the four individuals and kind of make your case for why you're the person, why you're, and you huh. get to talk your own skill set. Yeah, I mean, you what you you have nothing to lose. It's like you no, not at all. They can't. They 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 definitely said no if you never apply. Exactly. Right. I mean, you got to apply to get the no. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to say firsthand, congratulations. I know I said it on Twitter, but. Uh, as virtual as in person as we can get. Congratulations! I think it's awesome, and 
well-deserved. And I uh, wish all the best for you. And hopefully we will be able to keep talking to you as you progress. And maybe you can come back and uh, tell us more about, you know, what you learned over the years. Sounds good. Appreciate it very much. Yep. Uh, where can people find you uh, I, now that you're I'm working? I'm still on Twitter doing my thing on Twitter, although I have come to realize that I'm a little less active on Twitter. Uh, I find I don't comment on things around Microsoft as much as I might have when I was covering Microsoft. But I'm still at WinOBS. So at WinOBS on Twitter, windowsobserver.com for the website. And again, I, I got to figure out where my blogging is going to kind of, I intend to continue to chronicle this experience because I think that's a valuable resource for people. But I also want many employees at Microsoft do personal blogging and personal projects and stuff like that. So once I get to a point where I'm ready to kind of explore that kind of stuff, I, Windows Observer is going to continue to be that home. I mean, I've had that site since 1995. Uh, yeah, that needs that. to be another Windows 95 links and resources page on GeoCities. Now it's all on its own. <laughs> and then on a personal perspective, um, I'm less than four months away from God willing, my ordination as a permanent deacon in the Catholic That's Church. Right, right. Talk about that. Uh, finishing up my formation on that, and I'm in my final months of formation with my fellow brothers, the other six guys. And so there's a lot going on on both sides of the the coin. But it, 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 it life is good. I mean, you can't complain when things are going well. Well, you can, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it 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 would ring hollow. There you go. Exactly. Well, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I hope you, again, all the best. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again, thank Richard. You. See you, you again bet. soon. Yep. Yeah. Bye-bye.